In a world that expects young people to spend all their time wasting time, how do we build a life that matters? How do we find what we are made to do and earn a living while doing it? Join me for a behind-the-scenes look as I document my journey of building a business from literally nothing. I'll be sharing what works, what doesn't, and what I am learning each step along the way, as well as interviewing others who are further along the path, both in life and in business. My name is Isaiah Malston, and this is The Worth Living Life. Hey, this is your host, Isaiah Malston, welcoming you to today's episode of The Worth Living Life. Now, as you've listened back through a few of my past episodes, you've noticed a recurring theme where I talk about this charge we have that now is the time to take action, where I talk about getting up off the couch and doing something with our lives, where I talk about living full out for the glory of God. But I want to take a moment here and warn you. Warn you about a trap that I fell into and that is so easy for so many of us to do. And here's what that trap is. Thinking that in order to earn favor or love from God, we need to be doing stuff for him. If you've heard parts of my story, and and I'm planning an episode in the future where I share more in depth with what I learned through this season of my life. But there was a time in my life where I was spending a lot of time on social media, a lot of time on YouTube, staying up late, watching movies, and I felt like I had this, this inner urge to live for God. And yet I could look at my life and realizing that I was not. I was still going mission trips, still doing all this stuff, learning, trying to grow, wanting to become more like Christ. But I felt I was not worthy. And so I spent a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of energy because this, this thought I had in the back of my head was God must have a hard time loving someone like me. God must have a hard time looking at me, looking at Isaiah Malstead and saying, I love him. And in my head, that seemed reasonable and justifiable because I was not doing what I thought I needed to do to earn that love. And that's an easy trap to fall into. And so even as I'm talking about getting up off the couch, even as I'm talking about following that that urge in your heart that's calling you to saying, God wants me to live full out. God wants me to do more. God wants me to pursue him and serve others and love others in this life. But here's the trap we need to not fall into, is this trap of feeling like we need to do all of this to earn God's love. If we did, in fact, have to do all this to earn God's love, we as individuals and we as humankind would be in big, big trouble. Because here's the thing. God's love for us is not based on our own merit. God's love for us is not based on what we can do for him. You see, if God's love for us was based on any of that as individuals or as the human race, we would be in big trouble because if God's love for us was based on our merit and our service to him, he never would have sent his son to die in the first place. If his love for us was based on our love for him and our service to him, 
he never would have sent his son to die in the first place. If we look in the letter to the Romans, to the church in Rome, chapter 5, starting in verse 6, it says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Then if we turn over to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, and look down in verses 4 and 5, uh, at the beginning of chapter 2, it talks about all of us being dead in our trespasses and sins, and it talks about what all of that looked like and how we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Then it picks up in verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the work of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And if we go to one of the most oft-quoted verses in Scripture, in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So you see here, it wasn't anything that we as people did, we the human race, that made God look down on us and say, you know what? These guys are nice. Like, they like me. They serve me. They honor me. You know what? I'm going to go save them because they love me so much. No, that would be goofy, right? God looked at us, a race of people that needed saving. And he chose to love us. He'd already created us in his image, created us to have that relationship with him. But even when we had turned our backs and walked away from him, he still loved us enough to come and die for us, when as yet we did not love him. He loved us before we knew him. He loved us before we repented of any sins we had. He loved us while we were still wallowing in the muck and the mire of our own choices. He loved us then. So how much less will he love us now? After we've been saved, after we've been redeemed, after we've been given that new identity, that new name, after we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, after we have been born again, how much more does he love us? Let's turn over to the book of John in chapter 15. And this whole section here of John I love so much because Christ talks to his disciples. It's his last messages and then his last prayer before his crucifixion. Before he makes that sacrifice that had been promised from the beginning of time to redeem God's people back to himself. But in chapter 15, if we look down into verse 9, Jesus says this to his disciples. 
He says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? How much does God the Father love God the Son? How much? How much does an earthly father love their son? And we ask that question, we look to that, but here in John it says, Jesus is saying to his disciples, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Wow, isn't that crazy? When I was going through that period of my life where I was like, how could God love someone like me? And I read that, I was like, how can that even be true? How can God love me as much as he loves his son? But here's the thing, guys. When we read something in the Bible that doesn't seem to make sense, we, we say, it can't be true. I look around me and logically it doesn't even make sense. I've learned to say, may God be true and every man a liar. If God's word says something, that's what I want to believe. And so when we're coming from this, from this angle of wanting to live lives full out for the glory of God, wanting to follow that urge in our hearts, that, that urging that says, I know there's more to life. I know God put me here for more. I know he has a plan and a purpose for everything he's bringing me through. I know that he has marvelous ways he wants to use me to glorify his name and to impact others and serve others. But rather than getting stuck in that trap of feeling like we have to do all of this to earn God's love, that we have to do all these, these things and stack all these works and, and our, our actions and our habits and everything in order for God to love us. Instead, let's look to God's word. Look to his order that he's already given. We read that when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The well is yet before we knew God, he came to this earth and gave his life to redeem us, to buy us back with his blood. God loves you just as you are right now. You are valuable, you're worthy, you're created in his image. If you're not walking right with him, Repent and turn back and trust in what Jesus did. But he loves you right now. You don't have to prove your worth to him. You don't have to stack all of these good works on top of each other. You don't have to make these Herculean attempts to live this perfect, good, godly, righteous life in order to be able to stand before him one day and hear, well done. Guys, that comes second. In my life, it made a radical difference when I got to this point of understanding, of defeating that lie in my head that said, you are not worthy of love, and replacing it with the truth that says, you are loved. Before God created you, he knew you and he loved you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. He formed you, he fashioned you in your mother's womb. And he died in your place to redeem you from your sins that he knew you would commit. So coming from that foundation, coming from that perspective, understanding that his love for me was not based on my performance, but was based 
on his love, on his character, was a game changer. Realizing that there was nothing I could do, no good deeds, no attempts at living a righteous life could make God love me any more than he already did. Let me repeat that. Nothing I could do, no good deeds, no attempts at living a righteous life could make God love me any more than he already does. So you know where you're at with your relationship with him. You know where you're at with what you're doing in your life. And guys, do what you need to do. But here's my encouragement. Even as on this podcast I talk about getting up off the couch, as I talk about pursuing God full out, about finding his will for our lives and impacting other people, don't let that get in the way of the fact that he loves you, that he came and died in your place to redeem you from your sins. And that everything good we do in this life is based not to earn that favor, not to earn that love, but because we are joyful in accepting God's love for us. Guys, that's all I've got for today. But I encourage you, if you have a few extra moments, just grab your Bible if you have one and open it up and read there in Romans 5. Read in Ephesians 2. And then go to John chapter 15 and read through it. Go to God's word. Go to the source. Don't don't take my word for it. Go to the God who created the universe. Take that, that letter he wrote to us that shows us his plan, that shows us who he is and shows us his love for each one of us. And read for yourself about that love that God gives to each one of us. And I promise you, it sets you free to a new level when you stop trying to please God through what you can do. Realize there's nothing you can do that can make him love you more than he loves you now. And then act on what he's asked us to do in his love. I'll see you on the next episode of The Worth Living Life. Hey, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, I would appreciate it if you would subscribe. If you'd like to connect, head on over to Instagram or Facebook. Remember, this life you are living is worth it. Until next time, this is your friend, Isaiah Molstead.